The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, New World Comics, Speeding Bullet Comics, All-Star Comics, Amazing Action Comics, Luton XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, and Commonplace Books, with more locations coming soon. You can find out more at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and <laughs> welcome to episode 127 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. I'm Devin Green. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Joshua Unruh. The Tower Theater in Oklahoma City is getting us all ready for Ready Player One with three different, actually four different movies and discussions of said movies. Well, this, this Monday, the Tower Theater is showing Blade Runner. We need yes. a date. What is that date? Well, Monday the Monday 5th. the 5th. Of March. Is, yes. of March. Of I mean, March. And the doors open at 6.30 and the show time starts at 7. All right, show over. Ooh. Very good. Thank you for <laughs> this. That's our show. We'll see you there. Guys, okay. we haven't said what the movie is. Grab some Irvine. Uh, yeah, we did. We have Blade yeah, Runner. Blade Blade Runner. And here to talk about Caleb Masters, Alexander Bohannon, friends of the show. We are so excited to have you guys. In the Tell same physical space. I'm so excited I'm, to be here. I'm so happy to be back here. I keep. I love that you guys just keep bringing me back. I'm like, all right, every time I think. Uh, and this is, this is my first guest spot on this show. I know. I, know. I was just and there. I, you know, that was the one thing I was trying to figure out. It's like, how did that happen? I think not I'm for lack of time. Alexandra's been like a friend of ours for yes, like three forever, years. Yeah. Ta-da. And, yeah. And <laughs> I see her on Twitter Saturday like. We can't get rid of Caleb, but we've never had you. Enough enough Caleb. Bring Alexandra on. Right? We love Alex and we only ever see her on Twitter. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I have to say this is one of my first podcasting experiences where we're there's three women at the table and like <laughs> I'm just like really uh, excited for that right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's and I've got progressive. Yeah, there's high fives being thrown around the there table are, right now. There yes. were, there Long were high distance fives. high fives, lady high fives. It, yeah. do, so, they, do they not make as much noise as regular high fives like oh, the they make just oh as my much God. Noise. They, they don't like, make as much noise oh, but they are so much cooler don't get me started on that yeah. exactly yeah. when that interview took place I was just like table flip yeah uh, speaking of ladies not getting the best treatment <laughs> Blade Runner <laughs> Um, you know, there's so a, there's a, a lot of conversation on the internet uh, around uh, the new one, I, the original. <laughs> yes. It, well, it was the 1980s, and uh, it wasn't okay, but that's the 1980s. It's a different. I actually like. It is. I unpacked that with my husband this morning as I'm mm-hmm. like throwing my clothes on and trying to discuss with him whether he should watch it because we were both kind of on the fence. As like, is this going to be a pretty pretty Villeneuve screensaver or is it going to like how are the new we one? Get, 2049. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so he's trying I, to make a distinction. I was up till 4 a.m. watching. 2049 last yes, night. Right, yes. Amazing. And I put it on with this specific intent to like do other things and kind oh, of get no. sleepy Mm-mm. and then that didn't go happen. to no. bed. <laughs> I don't think it can help you with those problems. None, no. none of that happened. I was, pl- I was pleasantly surprised. But this morning unpacking treatment of women, which we'll get to with 2049, but I, and, and help me with this. I specifically remember there being the issue of Pris being a wasn't she like a pleasure model yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah and wasn't part of the like that's like her key con besides the fact that she doesn't want to die um isn't that like the key conflict with her uh, i mean i she's pretty yeah, ragey because she's feel. been a sex slave right, right? well okay yes and I mean, that's on I think point that's kind of in the background right i mean they yeah. Yeah. We don't it's look directly at it everybody each of them had a job yes. right. they were built and right. programmed right. to do. Right. And they would like to no longer be doing that job. Exactly. But interestingly enough... And that's enough, like secondary to the fact that they don't want an expiration date. They're also going to die. But it is interesting. And I think we would... I mean, I still have not seen 2049. Just, I know. I haven't. Oh, oh guys. Oh, wow. Get on I, it. It's so good. I, I missed it at the theater. I'm, I regret everything. I was, okay. That's <laughs> fine. Okay. But... Fair. Well, I, actually, I, I needed to hear... Somebody, <coughs> Caleb is a good example of this. I needed to hear somebody come out of it and tell me that it needed to exist because when mm-hmm. they announced it, I was like, "Don't want no, that." No, we were all hard nope about it. Yeah, yeah. like super like every yeah. step of the way. Okay, so all it, of us. Yeah, were, it, I was like, "There's we? no reason for this movie to exist. No yeah. one's asking for it." It sucked the ambiguity out of the, the original. original right. Basically, why I like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. And yeah. they somehow they somehow sidestepped all of that and told like what I would consider at least one of the best proper sequels, where you're yeah. like, "Hey, Thank you. we're picking yeah. up on all the." 
themes of the original film and um yet, and then and we're taking it to the next level yeah. and making it more relevant to the time we live in like there's a and but it, so it feels fresh and new it, it doesn't did. feel like a remake or rehash yes, of the first film right. that's that was my capsule review this morning and in addition to that i like i said i expected it to be a pretty pretty screensaver and my main concern was okay we know this story why are we going to tell the yeah. same what's story? The new, what's the like, new angle? Right. What's, yeah. now, and did there you see, actually is did, one. Yeah, did you see there that was a... That remained a secret to me, at least. And I was the one, like, really pretty not, yeah. not censoring myself avoiding. because I didn't know if I even wanted to see it. There was a series... And I still didn't know about the thing um, that is, like, the... Uh, there was a series of animated... Um, shorts that came out yeah. that bridged the 30-year gap. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and did anybody watch those? those. Um, really good. I okay. actually have, it oh, gotcha. and it's actually really well. You can watch them on YouTube. I was yeah. oh, and I watched them, and it made sense. It, and I was like, now I'm really excited to see 24. It was the same problem. Midsummer releases just frack me over. I cannot, for some reason, when they I come out, I just, I <laughs> if you do it early summer, late summer, I'm great. But for some reason, midsummer, I've got stuff to do. Right. And unfortunately, it if it only stays in the theater for a couple weeks. Yeah, and that's the thing. I I think everyone in, in the studio thought it was going to be a much bigger hit than it was, uh, yeah. and unfortunately, it they wanted a Jurassic World. It, it no, it didn't perform super well. Therefore, it was out of the theater pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Man, that, yeah, it, it it was a true Blade Runner experience. It right, came out. Right, the diehard yeah. fans loved it, and yeah. then every and then everyone else in the audience was like, "What? What am I they're watching? Gonna, they're going to pick it up." In home video, kind of like the first, like yeah. a little bit of a yeah. cult. Yeah. I do yeah. think so. I do because yeah. the people who love Blade Runner twenty forty nine really love Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I'm among yeah. them, I'm and, I've, and that's why that. I was looking forward to it. And I still, if, as soon as it comes out, I know it's out on DVD. It is. Yeah. I, you I can know it's, rent it on Google I'm sure Play. HBO is going to have it out soon um, or something like that. But eventually, I'll watch it, and I know I want to. I've been wanting to watch it since. So I was one of the few. You said everyone else is kind of against it. As soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, "Yes, I want this," because I was not all that thrilled i after reading the book mm-hmm. um Wait, do androids, androids dream, dream of electric sheep um and yeah. and and then blade runner came out which i enjoy harrison ford i enjoy no they're they basically i enjoy rutger howard no no but it also just didn't it wasn't i watched it went this, is, this, is, this is okay well no i mean it was okay. oh oh oh, oh. Contra- controversial opinions the first movie is just okay wait 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 <laughs> You saw it in the theater? Yes. Oh, you did? Uh, but he saw, so he oh, saw, saw the, the voiceover. Yeah, the voiceover yeah. I saw the original. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That thing that is not terrible. as good. Oh, no. 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 We have, we have since the in the past went, year. My, wait, what? Right, in oh, fact, actually, mind. right before mm-hmm. 2049 came out, my because my wife and I thought we'd go see it, we did actually rent the director's cut, which I had not seen. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it no. is yeah. so much better. Much better. better. And it's a so different experience. I, I felt like it was, it was very kitty sci-fi when i saw it in in the late in the mid 80s um when yeah. i saw it in the theater and i went meh i just it didn't really do it for me the director's cut was much better i was excited about 2049 i just haven't seen it yet sure so. totally understandable yeah that, that's a very important distinction and uh, uh as it relates to our screening at tower theater we're going to be showing the final cut so uh right that's, yes, quick, very quick sure rundown of the mini cuts yeah, of blade runner say, um, them, the original yeah. blade runner i believe it was uh 83 when the first 80, the theatrical came out 84 84 84 uh, i wasn't even born yet so Shut whatever up. 35 <laughs> years ago was in 2017 um <laughs> so uh there was the theatrical cut or maybe it was what? maybe it, i don't I know, know it turned maybe it was 83 early 80s early 80s early to mid 80s um, <laughs> And uh, it was a movie that was very expensive for the time, and the studio was extremely nervous about it. So Ridley Scott had this whole deal he was working on, and then basically they came in and just like butchered it, took it down. They forced, uh, they insisted that it was it was too confusing for audiences. So they had Harrison Ford come in and do these monologues to kind of like explain exactly what was going yeah, on. And, it, yeah. and 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 oh, here's the fun fact: uh, allegedly, and I think Harrison Ford even confirmed it with 2049 that Ridley Scott had coached him to make them sound as bad as possible so, so the, the studio, studio wouldn't, wouldn't use, use it but they still used it yeah oh, that's amazing okay so it's like been a phoned long time. in so hard. there's also yeah. a fun shining tie-in it's been a long oh yeah time. and then they re- yeah the final shot of the, the movie reuses footage from the shining yeah. shining footage yeah, yeah. 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 it's, it's bizarre. Of them his away. buddy uh what's his oh my gosh i'm blank it's rachel and uh 
the director of Shining, uh, Kubrick. Yeah, oh, he called Kubrick. up Kubrick. Stanley and was like, Kubrick. I need some flyover footage. And he's like, what do you need? Like, wooded area or blah, blah. And he's like, wooded area will work. And boom, that's <laughs> that footage. <laughs> <in> the <laughs> the opening of The Shining. Which it, it is it, the opening it, it footage could have of been The Shining. The, it could have been the final scene of uh, Brazil as yeah. well. Yes. Yeah, which, which, also, which was also changed. Yeah, Brazil, oh, yeah, with the Brazil. love conquers all yeah, ending and the yeah. real ending, which the, the real ending, ending is... Choice. Oh, the, the so real, good. Have you guys seen Brazil? The real, yes. the, where, where Michael uh, Palin's face goes, is he dead? And yeah. it's like, obviously, this whole, that whole escape scene was like a dream, but they cut that part out. Yeah. 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 yeah it totally oh, changed the movie. For an American audience. Yeah. Very similar. Everything. Very similar. I'm actually glad you brought up Brazil. Oh, man, that movie's so good. I it, it really is. Yeah. It's been forever Ray since I've need. seen it. Yeah. It's, uh, but so anyway, there's the, this theatrical cut. Of course, the movie comes out and bombs. Uh, yeah. It bombs for a lot of reasons. It, and again, it is a kind of an obtuse film that's hard to market. And yeah. it was cyberpunk, which at the time was new and no one had seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't do well. Well, then it gets its uh, home video release and they uh, have like an alternate cut of that very minor tweaks I don't remember I think it has something to do with like the violence the big one happens in like I think it was the early 90s I want to say they release an official director's cut now here's the fun fact I love this this is ridiculous here's the fun thing though it's not actually the director's cut. It is a cut of the movie put together based on Ridley Scott's notes by the studio. What? Yeah. what? Yes. And I saw that. I saw that in the theater as well. Was oh, really yeah. nice. And, uh, all I saw was, was really, really like only what? one major change. Um, um, they, they do change. No, they they no, change no. a There's lot. Pretty, is there, yeah, yeah, they yeah, change. Yeah. They take I mean, out the voiceover. The voice they over. get about. They get about eighty-five percent of the way there. I, I think. I, I feel I like eighty-five percent of the way. Yeah. Yeah, um, now that I'm thinking back, because I remember we, I saw it in the theater with my brother. We could have. Because we are huge Ridley Scott walks. And so, and they got most of the way, like, in hindsight. We could have st- stayed with we that We could one. have stayed there. We could have stayed with that Happ- one and not happily. known that there was more. And we all would have been like, well, okay. Yeah. But then, right. but wait. But, but then, then, and then I think, it, oh, was it the 25th anniversary? I want to say it was the 25th anniversary. They they Ridley let Scott? they they let Ridley Scott actually come in and edit his own movie. Edit his own movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! For the first for like, the first Sir time, Ridley. who would have thunk it? Would yeah. you like Would you like another shot? <laughs> or and first it was called shot. now that and, you have a knighthood. And then it was called <laughs> the final cut. So that takes us to what we're going to be screening at Tower Theater yes. on Monday, which is a 4K restoration of the final uh, cut. Salivating. Yeah. Sorry, I'm really ready for it. Okay, guys, you know how everyone thought yeah. everyone thought 3D was the next thing, and it wasn't, and we <laughs> thought it was. A, and well, we all get headaches. And, and then we I thought about it exactly because 3 is not new in any way. It's like goes right. back to the 50s when right. we all wore the red and it's blue glasses. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So the the thing that's going on right now. The thing that's going on right now, there was a so there was a there was a moment where they were doing some 3D re-releases. Well, the thing that's going on right now is 4K re-releases, where they they take the studios go back and just go back to the source material and remaster it in 4K. Which at first I was like, that's not that big a deal, right? And then I, I saw Terminator I Two <laughs> in the and theater. It looks like it was made last week. Yeah, yes. they, they yeah. did the, yeah. they did that with I saw Close Encounters oh, yes. in the Dolby oh. Theater at yes. Quail Springs. I was at one of those screenings. First oh. off, okay. The the chairs. Let's just talk about the fact that I can lean back in the chair Where? and Where just at Quail Springs, Dol- no, the I Dolby like at Quail Springs. Oh, I watched, and yeah. it, it felt more like it was. Uh, in the style of um, Stranger Things, where it was a movie that was a current movie based in nineteen late nineteen seventies, yeah. not a movie right. from late nineteen seventies, because it was you know, the technology, so it's obviously nineteen seventies. But you couldn't but it looks tell; like it looks like it's brand new. It does. Yeah, um, and it was. It's the way it's. <laughs> watch movies the way it's they're meant to be seen. God intended. That kind yeah. of yes. <laughs> that I, I highly recommend watching things in 4K. I'm so glad because I don't care for 3D. 3D kind of it does give me a headache. It right. just kind of makes me just especially when you throw in all these superhero movies in 3D. It's like oh, Doctor okay, Strange just, in 3D. Uh, yeah. Don't even talk. Don't even talk about Black Panther the 3D and that was terrible. Um, oh, I did. Beautiful. I did enjoy Force Awakens F-I-I. in 3D, but that was. But again, that was in the third term. Let me tell you, my worst experience with 3D. Was when it the was Hunger starting to come Games. back. No, it was um, when they were being the, chased by the the things, and they used the GoPros. It made me sick. Dude, yeah, if, you do, if the, you do monocular vision, by the way, hard pass 3D. Well, yeah, a- Avatar. Really. When Avatar came out, <laughs> and I thought, oh, I want to go see this in 3D. Oh, you didn't like thing. Avatar 3D? 
I loved it. No, it was that's, like, that's, that's like that's like the one that you're supposed. That's the one that's supposed to be good. It was it was it was gorgeous. He didn't like Avatar. I no no the 3D. Okay, I loved it. The 3D IMAX. It was gorgeous. And then like about you know six months later when it came out on Blu-ray, I was like, oh, I gotta have this, so I got it out. And I and I watched it like unobtainium. What's <laughs> oh, now I got to focus on a script here. Oh, oh this, this is awful. Yeah, Dances with Wolves was a, a little messy. James Cameron. Uh, uh, it, it's the problem is if you, got, if you can't Last make a good movie, <laughs> 2D, it's not going to be any better in 3D. The I'm just, just because it's I visually beautiful. Hey, the thing, the thing about Avatar. Puss in Boots actually like exponentially improves. I'm just saying. With um, just saying. With so did Up actually. I will say. I will say. 3D like actual proper 3D animation films like Pixar and Dream those are, those are usually three I mean I don't Whoa. choose to see them in 3D but I've seen them in 3D yeah. and, and like it does enhance it to some I, th- I think kid, so but my dude, kids find go to the map for that right. like, they think it's pretty cool that right. it's popping out because yeah. they're gimmicky and kid, they're, they're ki- children. Because they're children. Well, yes. it's, it's actually worked into the production versus converted yes, in the post. Yeah. They are they are three D shot um, with a three D camera. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so screw that noise. Four K. Four K. Four K is the future. Until five K happens, yes. Yeah. And Tower up. Theater is gonna, is doing this one night only screening of the final cut. So the good the one. Yes. This and is this is day after tomorrow. This is yes. The day after tomorrow. We are we are here on which is not to be confused about. The day after tomorrow, which is no, no, no not to be confused the with movie. the really bad Paul Thomas Anderson movie starring Jay. Hey. I like that Sh- movie. Shut your you mouth. Your I, mouth. Love, I love that movie from my teenage years. Yeah, no, darn, I did too. Darn, <laughs> running away from the cold. You're darn right, dude. Running away from the cold like the, my boss. Was that the one where everything with the I, global, climate, global cl- freezing? Yes, yes. climate change. Is, yes, isn't, I just feel like running away from the cold sounds like my concept album. Is my Chewie in that? No, it's Chewie's in that, right? Chewie, tell Edgy for. My he, boyfriend. Oh God! I think he is. Yeah, he's my, he's my future. Oh, was was a, he like twelve? He was. Then? It's like, a, a baby Gyllenhaal is in that movie. Uh, yeah, so. I, yeah, baby Gyllenhaal. Like, John Cusack. John Cusack. John Cusack, John Cusack's in that movie. I, we no, saw no, no, that. No, yeah. no, John no. Cusack's 2012. That's 2012. Oh, the, yeah. the other, See, my the other one from I, the same director. My husband yeah. and I had like it was a, just a another one of those disaster movies that they tried to reboot. Yes, of apocalypse movies because we. Okay, so I love apocalypse. I have the same feelings. And you can get a like triple feature thing at Walmart that has the day after tomorrow, Independence Day, and the like, uh, what was that? 2012. 2012. It's gotta be 2012. That's all from the same director, Roland Emmerich, by the way. Yeah, this is all he makes now. I cannot stand those movies. Oh. I mean, Independence Day was the uh, core and all those, all those movies that came out, and it's just like. Dennis Quaid. Uh, that's Susan. Oh, yes. Yeah. Dennis Quaid was dead. Yeah. So, um, anyway. meanwhile, sorry. 4, 4K Blade Runner. 4K, 4K Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Uh, and Have you seen it yet? Uh, you? I, so, here's a fun fact I've seen the final cut several times. I've no, never. No, I mean, I have never seen a 4K. I've never seen any cut of the original Blade Runner on a big screen. I've okay. only seen it on home video, oh, so I am ecstatic. That's it's exciting. Uh, I've seen 2049 on the big screen a couple times, but not the original. I want to know why we're not doing Dune. Because I mean, if you want to talk about early 80s sci-fi, right. just, oh my gosh. Well, you know, the, here, so there's a, there's, here, I, know I recently watched it. I think Rift Tracks needs to do Dune, but yeah. Here's why. So Dude, there is so much. Oh, wait, there's an explanation. Yeah, there, there is, is a why. Uh, so uh, part of our our deal with the tower is that we at the Cinematropolis have brought a special guest. Um, and it's an author by the name of K.W. Jeter. He's a science fiction author who was personal, like, good friends with Philip K. Dick. Mm-hmm. And was uh, he was one of the authorized by Philip K. Dick's estate and his children to when the studios approached trying to find a science fiction author who would write the novelization sequels of Blade Runner, he was approached. And so he has written three novelizations of the Blade Runners officially sanctioned by the studio um, carrying on the the story of Blade Runner. Now, of course... Yeah, based on... uh, But the fun fact is based on on the theatrical theatrical cut of the movie. Which has big... Plot big holes, yes. which he exploits yeah. in his yeah. novels. Well, which I is was really going to say yeah. that, the, but that's no. Cool. If your novel form, you can fill those stories. Holes. Right, very yeah. interesting. Right, right. Yeah. it's like fanfic. But see, it's exactly it that's what I do this with fanfic all the time. Yeah. This is isn't this isn't this a great time we live in with Blade Blade Runner? So confusing that this guy who wrote the novel sequels to the theatrical cut and the, the sequels <laughs> won't match up to the and final they, cut. Yeah, they won't match. Right. With well, the final and the cut. whole the whole idea in, in an inherent core of the idea that you know and do androids dream of electric sheep was a novel. Then that was made into Blade Runner, and then these these books are based on the the movie version of Blade Runner, not right. the novel. Which is not, not do the androids dream. Wildly you different. Know, which yeah. is really fascinating. 
fascinating. Like it I is. said, I the have never watched any Blade Runner. Ever. Well, now this is a, it's a great time. time. But I'm, I'm getting this it's a good ghost time to be alive. in the shell feeling from um, it. It's a, it's There's pretty, actually a lot of it, there is I this like, from there. what you're talking uh-huh. about. I think Ghost in the Shell was very, very much a response. It's yes, yeah, it, it was influenced. So anything with this cyberpunk aesthetic, yeah. this is the this is the first one, really. Yeah, this Progenitor, is progenitor, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and another thing with Jeter is that so he is gonna we're gonna ask him um, after the screening of Blade Runner in 4K, we're gonna have like a Q and A where we're gonna talk to Jeter about his experience with Blade Runner mm-hmm. because um, he got to see like early uh, he, screenings of the film. Second oh, wow. screening, he saw the, the the second screening ever of the theatrical cut like yeah. it, it was it was screened for any one second like time. in like a blocked lot in some yeah, scary yeah, yeah, yeah. back you know and he has also access to to the director and the script and all that right, kind of yeah. stuff so it, it does help yeah. yeah and he said that yeah, um and he's so he's gonna tell some stories probably also about philip k dick and his like memories of, of that yeah. man mm-hmm. and like he philip k dick his experiences with philip k dick are wild insane wild. like they're in, just no incredible no like, way yeah. just how uh, he's, the, he's the i think one of my favorite sci-fi yeah. authors uh, and uh, underrated um, Absolutely. I think you know everyone always talks Heinlein or Asimov right. yeah. but I mean Dick was oh my gosh well, his he, stuff yeah. was so phenomenal now I don't weird. know if he was always he was as good weird. at predicting what would happen in the future as as well as some of the others but his way of going because I, I don't, I don't an know an example that is Blade Runner it takes place in one year yeah I mean it takes place in 2019 his, so the the themes, been, huh? looks, oh, the, right. themes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the themes he looks, the themes he tackles, the themes he tackles, I think were actually ahead of their time because I think yes. they're actually. I mean, like there, there's a. I mean, he did stuff like Minority Report, Man mm-hmm. in the High Castle. Mm-hmm. He, a lot yeah. of his stuff has actually been adapted to the, the screen the last twenty years, and that's why I say yeah. it is it is great because we have now we have not come to those points in history, but I think we have come to that point in sci-fi where we can truly appreciate what he's done. More, they are his, actually you can more see his vision a lot better. Yes, now, yes. right? For us, yeah. agreed. Well, they are like, now more of a conversation piece because because that's actually interesting. Blade Runner is our first big visual cyber piece of cyberpunk, right? Yeah. Like, like you had uh, a neuromancer before in the book. Like this is where cyberpunk starts. But mm-hmm. the first thing that tells us what cyberpunk is supposed to look like is Blade Runner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is talking about things that the majority of cyberpunk did not care about. Right. Like, this is not the stuff we that cyberpunk in, was talking yeah, about, we right? not super concerned. But these ideas of what makes, you know, what makes a person a person right. versus yes. what makes a human a person or, like, what does it say line? about uh, humans as creators that we treat we treat our creations like slaves, you know? Right. And what is that our slaves are, are, are more emotionally, in, in androids dream of electric sheep, are, and the androids were more attuned to emotion and to the human response right. than the humans were who had to lay right. in beds to get emotions and, yeah. and did drugs yeah. and had, it's I mean, just, it's, it was, it was just yes. his, his finger was on the pulse. our pulse. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, like mm-hmm. way ahead of his time. At this point, mm-hmm. rather than way ahead of his time. That's giving massive uh, feelings. And, and I mean, I'll give a shout yeah. out too if you're a, a, Phil, a, a Philip K. Dick aficionado and you love Blade Runner or you, if you haven't seen Blade Runner, Amazon Prime just released a series based on his works and they're all oh, wow. like, it's like an anthology show where every episode's a different story, no. but they're all based on works, his works. What's oh, that's, it that's called? Electric Dreams. Yeah, Electric yes. Dreams. Philip K. Dick's look, look, yeah, uh, Electric I Dreams. I want to see that. Really yeah. How have I missed this? Yeah. I I've looked at Where that. It's, I've it's looked good. at that little picture like a million times and been like, "Well, that looks kind of." And yeah. which one? There was. I probably. I've been having vision There was. There was one where so, yeah. they. It was. It was Mars. Uh, had been colonated yeah. by uh, the Insane Asylum. Basically, they had made Mars the Insane yep. Asylum, and everybody had right. had divided into the Manzas, which were the the Manics, uh, the Obcoms is what they called oh, them, the obsessive yeah, compulsive, yeah, yeah. Well, and it was. I wish I could remember I the name title so of that book, but it was amazing. I, there's actually an episode based on that one. I'm pretty sure. Oh. I, I don't know if it's it's not exactly, but there's definitely a hey, we're on the space colony where there's a lot of crazy people. So it sounds very Black yeah. Mirror, but based off. Yeah, of it's it's Black Mirror. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's Black Mirror, and actually, a friend of the show, uh, Keb Haldane, I've talked about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, Black Mirror is like kind of um, a little more twisted, a little more cynical. Um, uh, Electric Dreams is a lot more focused on man versus himself. The theme yeah. of man versus yeah, yeah, himself yeah, yeah. as it relates yeah. to technology and sci-fi. It is. That's, that's interesting because that's. Right there. Really, yeah, if I had to boil Blade Runner down, 
I mean, very much. Sure. For, oh, yes. Very much for Deckard, it's man against himself. Yes. yes. But I think also it's sort of capital M, like mankind, person kind against right. itself. Right. Because we're yeah. asking these really important questions about when do you get to be a person. Exactly. Right. We when have made you... robots that are exact. They are us. They are more mm-hmm. human than And we're so human. afraid like, of them like, that we give them a, a time yeah. limit. Yeah. Uh, right. we, we And, and the, this final scene, I mean, Rutger Hauer's final. Oh, it's great. Oh, man. Uh, that yeah. is. And I, wa- and I watched it again. I d- didn't don't think I could have felt it as much when I watched it in the in the early 80s. Uh, watching it again and again I think it's because we've advanced to this point watching it again with my wife about a year ago right before 2049 came out I was I was in tears mm-hmm. um, he, and to understand that Rutger Hauer he wrote that, wrote that. Yeah. yeah he did which not which I think is kind of um, so great it is so amazing and it's again it's that that scene is very much although that because he, he, it's not in the book but that moment is kind of in the book when when, when he realizes that again the androids are much more human Mm-hmm. Than right. he and his wife, right? Yeah, and they and, t- and they they lean on that again in a very specific dialogue, like in very specific dialogue in twenty forty nine, and then also you know they are it's leaning a, it's hard a, on that the whole way, right? But then it it reaches a point where there's a part of dialogue that is what's more human than that, right? And right. it's a specific, you know, I'm, no spoilers. It's a spe- specific action. That's a scene that almost and, defines the movie, I and think, it really does. And and I'm mind you, I'm still unpacking this because I literally watched it this morning. Yeah. So yeah. um, so I'm kind of doing this as I'm talking, but I'm like, yeah, it really kind of is the the crystallizing moment of the movie of of the po- of the point, which is you know what's human, what does it mean to be yeah. human, and how do we address and that? Then of course and also, then also, as when you've got your human other humans, creators, what's our responsibility? Your humans, like in in Blade Runner, like Sebastian, um, who is just as frightened of dying as as he the also Android. has an expiration date. Yeah, he right. has an expiration date. Um, and uh, I just there there is a lot going on, and I think that even with with Pris, um, uh, with with who Leon, the I think best? these are okay. You like Pris. Are you kidding? It's Daryl <laughs> Hannah. No, I know. With with that, yeah, with yeah. the first time we ever saw, this is really important. Just if you were a girl of a certain age, very first time we ever saw airbrush makeup. Yeah, where she airbrushes. It is the first her, time, yeah. and that went on to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like d- decade yeah. later, probably is yeah. when it first started being a professional. But yeah, when she airbrushes on that eyeliner, right. that is a. Girls of a certain age are like, yes. War paint is being yes. put on. Yes. Put on your I'm, I'm that gonna, thing. I'm gonna, and Daryl Hannah, period. I'm just going to shameless plug that uh, uh, there was an essay in this, on the Cinematropolis just about all, a lot of the, 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 the underlying themes about uh, the crea- the relationship between mankind, mankind creation. And also, I kind of go t- take it a step further and say mankind's cre- uh uh, connection to God, relationship with God, like all these themes that are being explored, I think are, are, are great. So we uh, mm. also had a good chat on our podcast, The Cinematic Schematic, about it yeah. as well. Um, I, I have a question s- for you, Caleb. Go or, ahead. Sorry, Josh. No, you're probably more on go topic. I'm going to I'm gonna veer to right. I was going yeah. yeah, to swing back to Jeter because yeah. I, I got to hear a little more about this. Yeah. He's local. Yeah, yeah, right? he lives like here. Found him he lives because what? he lives here. Yeah, yeah, he moved. He moved to Oklahoma um, about six months ago. About now? six months ago, he's yeah. he's here around, wanting to get plugged in, and like he's doing this <laughs> no, talk. Have, why have we not had him on our show? <laughs> I was like, excuse me, why is he not here? Hey with guys, right if you come out to the if you come out to the Monday night car. show, I might be able to make an introduction. he does he does write other things. too. Yeah, so he's continued. So he's also written some Star Trek books, Star Trek Deep Space Nine novelizations. So whenever I, uh, so whenever I like met him, hilariously, I was like, oh, mom, you know, because my mom introduced us and I was like, oh, mom, look, it looks like he's written some Deep Space Nine novelization. I'm scrolling down. I'm like, wait, I, I click it on Wikipedia. It's literally the one I'm reading at this point in time. So yeah. And so he signed my copy of it, which is amazing. Uh, anyway, so That's yeah. So, so awesome. he's written uh, some Star Trek. He's written some stuff in the Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Oh, Star Wars. He AU, wrote, uh, he wrote uh, as, a, as a teenage boy, he wrote the Star Wars Bounty Hunter trilogy. It's the one that basically is like, yo, guys, Boba Fett didn't die. And here's what he did That's after right. the trail. That's right. That's right. the one who had him crawl out of the Starlight yes. pit? I yes. Am, oh I am seriously... <laughs> 
I am seriously going to walk down to the tower. I'm going to come to this thing anyway. Yes. But even if I wasn't, I would walk to the tower from my house just I to high five him for work. that business. Of course, yes. you know you know they've erased that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 We just collectively No, he actually got digested and his armor pooped out. That was that is actually the new. Well, they haven't they haven't ever said quite what happened to him. Yeah, they have. Did they say yes? In 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 the books of Aftermath by Chuck Wendig that just came out. It it he has well no he he what he does he tells this he tells this three the three in the trilogy stories that he's written it's really well done but what he's done is put the little interludes throughout his all three books and one of the interludes follows the story of a sheriff on Tatooine who goes to the job this Jawa he's looking through the Jawas you know stuff and finds Boba Fett's armor. Okay, and so he crawls out of the pit naked. What? Uh, no, 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 no. He's he's gone. It's another man wearing his. I armor. refuse my. Oh, so it's kind of like the Dread Pirate, Pirate Roberts in the prison. Exactly. Fight. That's okay. But he's, he's, he's not Boba Fett. That. I can actually he's now live now wearing with the that. cool armor. I can and he, live with and that. And he's truly a good guy, though. Now he goes to be the sheriff of this. Uh, okay, that's this a little town. much. Interesting. Um, Boba refit. Well, it was Boba redo. Yeah. yeah, it's it's what we all kind of wanted with Boba was because I mean he's I was what, fine with what him just we wanted with food. Boba was, was anything cool. but what we got. I, yeah, right. I, I mean, I wanted him to be. Lady I like the personally. version we got in Jeter's so books hard. myself. Like but, ever since yes. I was like nine, I Dude, wanted Boba yeah. to end up being a lady. And, and, and the fact is, you know, I, it's, he's amazing. I, I love what what Jeter did with it. Yeah. Anytime Boba Fett yeah. is mentioned, I always want to rap. Boba Fett's vet. What? His five Mandalorians story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and other things. So he, of course, he's written his own uh, uh, science fiction novels. Of course, um, and it's it, Jeter. What's uh, it's KW KW Jeter. Yeah. So and he also coined the term steampunk. First, shut up. First, no, yeah, shut right. First up. recorded instance of the word steampunk, and it's like, and it's not just like, oh, lol, claim this on Wikipedia. No, he, his wife, like, was, like, really on the legal stuff on it. So, like, anytime the New York Times would write about, oh, this is, like, steampunk, blah, blah, blah. And it's, and she would write, like, corrections to the New York Times about, hey, actually, that's my husband that coined that term. Ha, huh, sorry. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> but, yeah, her yeah. from space. So, she's, that's awesome. he, so he's written steampunk, like, a series of steampunk novels oh, as well. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, but, yeah, so he coined that. He goes, he's... Two new audiobooks. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like this guy, guy needs to be my best friend. Guy, I know. Guys. I feel like, that exact same way. He is, and <laughs> like, he is the genuinely the ni- nicest guy. Like, he loves talking about this stuff. It's sure. so well, amazing. Obviously, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. Yeah. sounds how long extremely been, passionate. How long has he obviously he's been writing for a long time? Um, so he's been writing for over 30 years. Yeah, and his so first he book met, was in 75. Yeah, yeah, so he met Philip okay. K. Dick in his undergraduate program, and I hope he tells this story. Yeah, this is what this I wanted is, to get to. I because mean, this is so fascinating. Like, Philip K. Dick got brought on at his college in California as, like, a kind of like an artist-in-residence faculty teacher. Um, but this is getting closer to, like, the end. And like it's getting to the end where Philip K. Dick is not in a good place. He's manically depressed. And he, like, he met he met uh, he met Philip K-, K. Dick when he was in a very dark dark place. place yeah, and so um, basically Jeter's first novel uh, was passed on to Dick, and Dick was so impressed with it that he like they just became like instant oh, instant yeah. like yeah. friends and yeah. So, but can you imagine the mentor relationship? With Philip K. Dick yeah. at his most Philip K. Dickness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not sure that as an undergrad I am ready. To, I have flown too close to the sun. Yeah. Basically, in the early in the seventies. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, the sun yeah. is a ragey, crazy person. Yeah. It, it, um, with all these good ideas. Amazing yes. ideas, and and th- I, you know, I think it's something I really hope Jeter will talk about at the screening because I don't want to give too much away. But he has got some amazing stories about his relationship with uh, Philip K. Dick and. Um, like some of that, where Dick got some of his ideas. Like it's 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 all really. Oh, this fascinating. is gonna be fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing he did. I, I mean, I, this is as close as you get to meeting Philip K. Uh, Dick. Right. Philip K. Dick's diary. I mean, right. except for the one that they printed that doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and again, I, it goes without reminding. I think I know Alexander said, but I want to remind listeners that he uh, Jeter was specifically blessed by yeah, the yeah, Philip yeah. K. Dick estate to write these Blade Runner sequel novels. So he actually had. Uh, I, I, I would assume he still has some form of relationship with, with the, the, children. the children. Yeah. I really want to imagine that Philip K. Dick had like a like a like a cyberpunk sword that he like. <laughs> Knighted him. him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because that's just crazy yeah. and Canon weird accepted. and yet appropriate. Right. Yeah. In, in my Enough. head from yeah. now on, yes, totally. that is exactly. Yeah. He knelt. 
There was yeah. a sword. He passed a, a, he a passed torch to a him. mantle or a torch or something <laughs> right. and a ha- a go forth and make <laughs> me proud. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, <laughs> he, he hands him the little robotic just... creature that answers the door that I'm madly in love with in Blade Runner that I want <laughs> so bad. The one that runs into things. Like, I want yes. that. Home again, home no. again, jiggity jig. Good oh. evening, JF. That guy. Creepy. I thought oh, that's those what are was so in, wonderful. Okay, Caleb, I thought that's what was in the hallway when. Kay arrives finally to where he's been trying to get, get the whole to. movie. Okay, yeah. And there's that figure that's just really oh, yeah. dimly yeah. silhouetted. And yes. I so wanted it to be that little critter. Oh, like, man. Like Tyrell's little yes. little guys. The little, the animals, but the, particularly yeah. the guy that runs into things. They kept like, on dropping to the yeah. wall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted that so hard. Like, um, that's really the only thing that was missing. Like that I needed. <laughs> like everything uh, else, it, it hit on points. The the cool hat tips, all the things. Right. But I really wanted that right. little critter. And I, I <laughs> like, just standing there, not a lot. No, not Please even don't animated do anymore. Creepy monster. Or just or just <gasps> the eyes, so the eyes moving when it like, comes across, oh, like, yeah. they did, like they did in the first movie. Oh, so good. So anyway. I, I guess it's a good time to mention that the bring up the Tyrell Corporation again. That the reason that we are screen, we've got uh, outside of Jeter. This is also part of the Ready Player March right. program at Tower Theater. Yeah, we need to talk uh, about And it's because that. we're all the, we the Stephen uh, at Tower. Everyone at Tower is just super excited about Ready Player One. And though they won't be able to screen it when it hits its initial release, yeah. we're all like, but yeah, we're still gonna ride this hype train together anyway. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's kicking off with us on Monday. Uh, it's going to be, again, the, uh, the screening at 7 p.m. Tickets are $10. Uh, be there at uh, 6.30. Uh, and then we'll have a nice uh, interview, Alexandra and I. And, again, I want to give credit to Alexandra for actually getting me in contact with uh, KW. Oh, thank uh, you. Right. Um, I know your mom. And Thanks she's for really being cool. just the right kind of fangirl. Cool that she's the reason you met him. Yeah, she is it's the reason cool. I met him. I, yeah, I want, thank you for bringing I wanted to touch on that because in the back of my head, I was like, wait a minute. Her, her mom, that's awesome. Well, remember yeah, Alexandra right was telling me about this like a few months ago. She's like, and I was like, your mom met who and what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happened just, exactly how did she here? Just happen? I, she's just she a does. bubbly, extroverted, shining light. She just, she loves people so hard and she just wants them to meet everyone else and to be, she invested in local scenes and stuff. And, and, and Bless since, her. yeah, exactly. And Bless so since he moved heart. here, just trying to get you know open his his path and, and meeting me and meeting everyone oh my yeah. gosh oh, he's so great he's hug her neck i know to, i love her he's and he's looking to, to find some all the cool stuff happening yeah, here because exactly. he lives in the downtown area here in okc so yeah. uh, uh but uh, we'll be doing that that's gonna take place that talk's gonna take place uh around nine o'clock i have had a couple people say i can't make it to the screen but i still want to come see kw mm-hmm. right like, hey, well if you just show up around nine um, you might or might not be able to be able to just sit in on that. Right, that depends talk. kind of if there's any seats. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our last our our last talk uh, that we talked about was over. There will be blood, and we actually had quite a crowd at that one. That um, this is totally. Different. I drink your milkshake. This is more. This is more. This is a lot more. And that was a that was a panel discussion where I was just talking to experts about like the movie, film scholars, film yeah. scholars yeah. and filmmakers. This is just a more intimate talk between Alexandra, uh, KW, and myself. Well, but that's, that's uh, but it's also I'm talking about. About the movie itself, oh yes, um, yes. is much more of a fan. I mean, it is. It's listen. There will be blood. Is good. I'm just saying that everybody Blade Runner, who loves Blade Runner. Yeah, let me, we'll let me start this. Nearly everybody who loves Blade Runner has not had an opportunity to see it on a big screen. Agreed. Right. Yeah. And no, I, yeah. almost no. Even the even sliver of a percentage. That have got to see it on big screen have not seen a 4K. Not seen well, oh, and no. I, I saw or, again. Or I saw the final it, yeah. cut. Like, yeah. like there's all these like there are no the final cut. Yeah. The final cut. I don't even know if it made it to the theater at all. No. Um, so, I, I, think I think saw it, it in Dallas. I think it went did okay. I, know I it w- saw it in Dallas with I. I really feel like unless I've manufactured a the, memory, the final and cut that recently the 25th 20th anniversary. Because I think it was 20. See, that's the thing. That's what I'm. It was 2007. Yeah, when the new one when that the final cut came out. Did it come out here? I don't know. I saw, well, an, I saw an anniversary screening about two years ago yeah. of see, the and final I didn't cut see in theaters, one. like a TCM or Fathom event special. Right. Hoo-ha. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I might have to walk back from that. I may it have seen an anniversary edition though. at one yeah. of the cool theaters in Dallas when I lived there, and it may have yeah. not. But I mean, I've seen them all. Yeah. Right. It's just what ones I've seen. In the but this is again a, a really rare opportunity. Yes. It uh, is rare yeah. opportunity piled on rare opportunity. Yeah. Right. Like like the movie alone would be. This precious But to jewel. see KW Jeter here this talking after the movie is gonna be like it's it's he's gonna he's got so many cool stories. I mean, I know it's it was so bizarre when I made the cause it actually it was funny. 
I knew he had written Star Wars. It wasn't until after I, because I had met with him at coffee to talk about, you know, the screening, what we had in mind. And it was, I was like, oh, Alexander told me to read Star Wars. And I'd read the names of it, but didn't click until like a week later. I was like researching the specific, I was like, oh God, I read this one. Yeah. And it yeah. was one of my favorite ones when I was like 10, you know? So mm-hmm. it, I think yeah. they've actually been made into comic book adaptations as well. Oh, oh that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. 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 I definitely remember yeah. a Dark Horse Yes, comic with a panel of Boba Fett crawling, crawling out of the Sarlacc pit, so, yeah. and and it's that's all. That's a gets a KW there. So, yeah. um, so good. What did you think we, of the new one? Um, so at least as the, the last, last time, time I talked, talked to him, him, he hadn't seen it yet. Okay, yeah, hadn't uh, seen the last year. He hadn't seen. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't seen uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I hope he's seen it, uh, but if not, well, I'll just get to, I'll, I'll, I'll but get since, his opinions. But since this is really about Ready Player One and the 80s and, yeah, uh, sure. and Blade Runner, sequels whether or not to a version of the movie that is the worst. I really, I mean, this is the part as a, like a writer, right? an adapter of things. Right. So you got handed the worst possible steaming pile of this movie to make sequels of. Yes. How yes. was that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, he even, okay. So, well, I don't infinite want to give much away. I don't want to see He wasn't. I don't want to take away from anything he says at the panel, but I know that he told me at least initially he was not necessarily a huge fan of the first film. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, I, that's I understand. Fair. No, yeah. it's, but that's, that's the one he had to adapt cut. sequels for, right. you know. That, right. Right. And I, I have become good. a fan but of also, it. it but I was go... not when I first came out. I was not all. I mean, and I, I love Harrison Ford. I love Ridley Scott. Yeah. I right. love yeah. everything. Um, uh, Sean oh, Young. Sean Young. I love uh, Rudger Hauer. And, so why was this crap? If all these people are so voiceover, good? the voiceover was was they, studio intervention. Really studio really big conversation. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, you asked. That's a whole, and it felt so they fun edited that it was that, that that they that they kind of took what Ridley Scott did, uh, ate it. Cut regurgitated it, it and threw it out on the screen. It's, okay. it's so. to boil it down. Outside, there's the there's a lot of bad production things they did, but they also fundamentally change what the movie's about. Right. Yeah. Like they they cut out certain scenes Badly. and remove. I mean, just it it's yeah, it's not. But good. are really important. So That's what we're saying: important. major corporations took out all the passion mm-hmm. that these people have. And ruined. The, it's the, kind of the, proving the point of the movie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man oh versus corporations, gosh. right there. Uh, More movies Nikki just hit movie. the nail um, on that. <laughs> More movies. And, uh, also, also, but it was also it was a time though when when they got to understand that movie cinema uh, movie producers were still frightened. Mm-hmm. They were still well, that, so we've had frightened. This conversation uh, before on the on the podcast. I, I know it's it's it, but it's gotten a little bit better. Were they finally it, allowing people that are fans of these things like Marvel and all these other things, and they are having very successful movies because, because they're passionate about it and they're allowing right. these people to but have the thing, their passion the same, the without same, interference. The same kind of corporate interference happened with uh, George Lucas's um, T, uh, THX 1138. Right. Um, oh, yeah. There there was so it's. Whenever you do sci-fi, you've got uh, you've got a whole bunch of corporate fat cats who say, "Well, I can't I can't sell that. It, it won't sell to audiences." And they bring in these these uh, panels, these groups uh, to watch it who, Very have, small who, who are not fans of sci-fi. Size. And okay. go, oh, and they're well, like, that, that was well, we just overly confusing. Well, and then you've and too you've lost. cerebral. So, so yeah. They've allowed it's changed a little bit. Yes, I think granted, corporate I think, interference. And is I think still Brazil bad, that you mentioned earlier is another great example yeah. of that mm-hmm. happening. And it, it it did it happened a lot in the eighties, and it still happens a lot today. We just it happens less frequently, and especially less much less frequently to the big blockbuster films. Correct. Um, that get released. And hey, hey, I mean, we got Mother from uh we from Darren Aronofsky last year, which was an unapologetic. Hey, let's let this crazy director do a crazy thing, and everyone hated it except for me. Exactly. I love <laughs> it. I, 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 love I deeply loved it. My favorite movie last Aronofsky year. Aronofsky is not my favorite. And also, uh, yeah. you've got. Rogue One uh, had to go back and do rewrites and so many rewrites that it actually oh, yeah. changed the trailers. Yeah. You go watching yeah. the trailers going, those scenes were not in that movie. I, yes. Okay. But the rewrites were actually, from what I understand, from what I've read, are actually made the movie better. The yeah. reshoots, not the rewrites. The reshoots made the movie better. So I mean, sometimes it works. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. It's true. I, I, I mean, I, I generally err on the side of the artist almost always, but I will say there are a lot of times. There, are, I mean, we've seen this with George Lucas. We've seen this with other creators. That sometimes when no one tells the creator that their ideas are right. bad, or yes. you know, that it, it gets you a little carried. Sometimes you need that. Now that said, uh, studio intervention also has messed up a lot of really wonderful things. And I think uh, what I, I'm glad you mentioned Rogue One because if we're if, <laughs> st- studios are very much still have their hands 
uh, oh, yeah. in these films. Oh, yeah. uh, Star Wars is a very interesting example we'll look at right now because J.J. Abrams did great. Ryan Johnson hit a home run as far as the studio was concerned. Um, but they fired. Uh, they didn't let they didn't let the director of Rogue One, uh, Gareth Edwards, come back for the reshoots. And then they also fired Chris Lord and Phil Miller uh, from the upcoming Han Solo movie. And they also fired. Uh, Colin Trevorrow from episode nine. Um, now, at least the, the benefit is this. this uh, Hans- but you don't ever know why. Can't you don't ever. I mean, because, because they're, they're not going to release. Lando. Well, but they're not going to release why that happened. And I understand that because I, it could be better. It could be worse. Right. It just kind of depends. I think I'm kind of excited to see Ron Howard do solo. Right. I mean, there are good reasons. And, and if you actually really dig into the weeds, Ron Howard is because they fired the director. They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And um, if you dig into the weeds on it, there, there are good studio reasons sometimes. Yes. I'm not saying it's her, but also yeah. I'm just saying studios, very, we're not, we haven't reached a point where studios are not, no. they're not, not fin- and they won't, with the will never, right. we'll never get that. It's their money. It's Especially not for these billion dollar brands. Right. right. They're, they're, right. they're putting, and also they're putting in so much money. It's their money. Right. So sure. yes, sure. directors are important. Writers are important. Actors are all important. But the guy who's giving you money wants to make sure his investment comes back. Right. And I dig that. That's right. fine. Right. But of course, the fact that we could stencil Star Wars on literally anything yes. and make the money back is maybe... Beside well, the yes, Marvel, I think, I, same. I think, I think, I think Marvel is close. I don't think it's exactly there. It's very close. Um, Star Wars is. You has, can put Star Wars on Listen, anything, and it will. Yeah, yeah. We're getting an Ant Man sequel. I think Marvel uh, can stand to anything and make money. <laughs> well, Wait, and this is the third Ant Man movie, and right? Second, second. second. Um, oh, Ant Man was, was in Civil War. War. Oh, okay, Are so we ready a, for? I mean, is the world? Does the world? Which was the most confusing thing ever? Okay, that's a whole. I that's just wanted just, to point out. Well, I think Marvel's hit the stencil there. Well, name and, on and, stuff and even and, and even this talking from studio interference. Uh, again, this is not me critiquing these people, but Kevin Feige has had a reputation of <laughs> messing with movies in the ways that their directors no really don't like. Let's so. note how few. Like, okay, and then we will be we'll move on. We but really will not do this, but we how will. Few directors come back to do a second well right. notice ant-man's a great example edgar wright was supposed to he make didn't that even movie. make it i mean yeah. but then, but then you've got your russo brothers who go through the, the three the three captain americas and yes. go on to uh, two, Cap- two, two captain americas he didn't, didn't do the first one but winter soldier arguably the best there have been so i'm not saying and that's what i'm saying it really is nuanced like it's not always one or the other but you know, it's just yeah, yeah studios and everything. No, it, yeah. Um, oh, okay. Also, uh, but I. Okay, hold on. I okay. Quickly, no, I was just gonna, I, you were you were going to talk about the rest of the Ready Player One yes, thing. Yes, yes, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah. need to do Getting that. Ready for Ready Player One. Okay, so again, so for Blade Runner, six thirty Monday, March fifth, the fifth, ten dollars. That's uh, ten dollars. Doors open at six thirty. Movie Call starts at seven. You're there are be... libations you can acquire at the, so you can buy uh, beer, and they also have concession concessions. Yes, concessions, concessions, uh, all good things. And the panel will be afterwards, roughly around nine o'clock, nine fifteen. That'll run until about ten p.m. And I hear word that there might be a special surprise if you stick around for the whole thing. Seriously, I don't know. A special so, surprise. A, and we love surprises, but you might want to come and find out what that's about. You do realize uh, that I have to be surprise. up at two thirty in the morning. <laughs> right. okay. Oh, I, I mean. Just, just go all life. night. You know, Nighttime uh, activities in my But um, outside of that, I want to go ahead and give it, and I know, I think you guys are going to be talking with this other guest, but they've got an entire month. We have a whole month of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, we've March got- March Madness of our- I think, it is, I think it's movie madness. Yes, yeah. I mean, because we've got uh, we've got Harold from the Tunes Tunes podcast doing yes. the Iron mm-hmm. Giant. We've got Brian Gillen from the Okie Show Show who's doing uh, quote alongs of guys. Monty Python, the Holy Grail, two screenings and like a panel in the middle. I, know. I, I know. guys, I, I have never seen Monty Python with a full audience, and it's going either. to blow Why my mind. Very few people fantastic. have. I it's mean, it's I, you, the Holy the Holy Grail. That's even before my time. Well, it's not. I was, like, <laughs> I was I was like five when it I came was gonna out. say you probably it's not before my time, but it's before the time I would have go to see Holy Grail. Right, right. I wouldn't I mean, have got a scene. I mean, in I the got theater, Monty Python forced on me pretty early, but, but it wasn't funny. The Holy like, Grail. I was a little kid. It Friends. Is, oh, uh, it's it's still it's it with what the, but that was my introduction to no it wasn't because my introduction to Monty Python was my father watching it on OETA. Same. Saturday same, morning. Same. Saturday evening. Public TV. Public television. Yes. High fives all around. And the reason we have the senses 
of humor that we do. That's right. Yeah. Yes. That, 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 yeah. That's the goodies. I was really. Yes. And, and of course, huh? uh, I no, can't. Really. And I'm sure you guys will talk about this a lot more. But of course, you guys have your own screening yes. of yes. Big Trouble in Little China. I've actually never seen. We're doing. Oh, it is the ultimate guy flick. It is the ultimate guy flick. It is wonderfully terrible. Look at you judging me with those judging eyes. It's not judging. I'm excited for your right. Game. To yes. see it on the right. screen that's, first that, time. You gotta understand. Well, you gotta understand. That's uh, my wife. My wife had not seen it either, so I got to sit with her watching. Yeah. But that's really I like watching the Star Wars watching with someone this. who's never watched Star Alexandra, Wars. Alexandra, we're gonna shake the pillars of hell. Oh, it'll be yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, that, we are. Man, I'm it's a little bummed. So I'm not gonna be fun. there on that one. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, guys. I, I think I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have to take naps on those Monday afternoons. Oh my God! Yeah, hot in the office. Yeah. Uh, so yeah to wrap that up though but yeah it's and then I think it's all gonna go out after the Monty Python screenings uh, and that Monty Python's on actually a Sunday that's on a March Sunday, 25th they're doing uh, I can make double that show. One. yeah I'm really yeah, excited yeah, the, and there's two screenings of that one but after that there's a screening at 7pm and then after that screening then there's gonna be a big video game tournament finals and there's gonna be a big party live show like uh, Sunday March 25th is gonna be a huge day at the tower for, for nerds of, and geeks of all culture where are they video games uh, well uh, Harold from Two Tunes Tunes might be able to tell you a little Next, more about that our okay. next episode well, next just, week. I mean, no, no, no. We're having uh, both Stephen Tyler from the Tower oh. and Harold's story from Hug Tune Tunes to Steven. tell us about all those things. I right. think he'll probably be able to answer. Wait, that's fantastic. I did want to. I uh, did not know that Stephen was coming. Ready, Ready Player One. Oh, God, I dressed uh, my best. I, I, I know there are mixed feelings about Ready Player One. First off, has everyone read the book? Yes. I'm, yes. I am yes. three quarters of the way through. Okay. Are you and having you a lot of fun? And, and I, I like it, but I'm at a point where it's like it's a natural break, and like I just don't have the momentum that's carrying me through it's hard. at the moment. The, the, there was the, that um, space. Okay, yeah, yeah, you I, know yeah, where I'm at. I, I do. I read it so f- the, I read so fast. The audiobooks, the, that's why I, I do audiobooks. It's because you can't do that with audiobooks. You are audiobooks right. is so playing. Weird. And and well, I just I listen to it while I'm I driving. Can't retain it, anything it, it works. I hear. Um, I, I love literally. Oh, I that's I'm an auditorium. I know you radio. are. You're radio, <laughs> yeah, radio nerd in here. So yeah. why do you think I me, sit here with a notepad? To be having it playing on my car radio, just I'm listening to it completely. Um, and I loved it. It, it was easier to go through it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know it does. There are points where you go lag. Where is this? And especially yeah. because uh, the 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 massive amount of nostalgia is just phenomenal in that book. Yeah. And it sounds like that's what they're trying to do sort of with the movie, but it also seems like they've kind of... See, it lost me. The very first sentence. (laughs) The very first sentence in the trailer when he says... He's in Ohio. Yeah, oh, but that's I know. such a, a lot of people. Choice. Okay, uh, I, 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 I contribute I that I to Steven it. Spielberg. W- w- grew up in Ohio in his very, very early years, so I, I assume it has Ohio. something with that. Am I? And it actually, they also doesn't the lawyer in the book care. does. It also geographically puts them closer to their objective, right? And I think it might be a time. I, I think. Thing. I think. I know, I because they do yes. start it in Oklahoma just, City, and it's delightful. And Ernie Klein. I exactly where they were on Twitter. Yeah, they're right down there on Portland. OSU, OKC. They're, they're, they're yeah, they're the right Mathis there. brothers. They're sitting they're on top right of Mathis there. brothers. Right. That's amazing. It's, and it's delightful when you find that in, especially for Oklahoma. Right. It's like, we, like we, we're on the map. We, we never get, in the, we never get positively right. portrayed <laughs> in the movies <laughs> ever. Positive, like these well, no, trailers. Hey guys, right. we're in Logan. We have not a, not no, even Twister. Is, yeah, it's not, not even Twister. Uh, we were accurately portrayed. In we this were accurately portrayed. It is not. Portrayed. Drive through and stop at a casino. That is such a joy. Ready Player One was not positive to Oklahoma City at all. We had a trailer park down here on I-4. True story. But to see your, but to be able to drive to the place that they're talking about in the book yes. is a delight That's cool but i yeah. think it's a time thing but I, anyway I, i'm i, I don't, don't know. be there's, mad at that there's a lot of like I'm mad at it there's fine. like a lot, a lot of fine. not exci- no. not even not not only people not excited like there are people who are preemptively like re- really trashing the movie i'm like i don't know i think it reminds me of who framed roger rabbit for right. our generation i think it's gonna be fun i don't know if it, i'm not sure it's gonna be amazing but it's gonna be a fun spielberg at yeah. worst it's gonna be a fun spielberg film at best it's gonna be a really good classic i think that really sums up a lot of what's made Steven Spielberg's entire career meaningful yeah. for the industry. And, and knocking, so. a, knocking a movie a based fit. off of a trailer is just kind of silly because there's no way you can really judge. Hopefully, you can. not only talk Hopefully trash on the trailer. You, you, you can talk now. Certainly, you can talk trash on the trailer, but if, I mean, especially Honestly, I think of, of all the trailers, trailers I think are sometimes getting a little bit better at hiding uh, the movies. That. Whereas, because I mean, a few years ago, Ten, you about ten years ago, You'd movie trailers movie. used to be the entire movie in two and a half minutes. Spider-Man like, Three trailer, don't watch it. Tells you the whole movie. Yeah, 
Well, no, Unless that's you why you watch it. Watch right. I was kind of sold trailer. with the Ready Player One trailer when the Iron Giant shows up and yeah. the kid's there. Yeah. I was like, all right, I got to go see well, this. Because yeah. the thing about all those Easter eggs and cameos are, and the book's the same way, you don't have to have those for this plot or these characters to get where but they need to go, like, but it oh, adds the extra yeah, yeah. like meaning to it. It's it cultural currency. It's a type of nostalgia culture that I think is actually really valuable because it's a homage and kind of like a looking back and celebrating it versus like trying to live in that moment forever. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, that's what that was years. what the book was all about. Was there were times there were times when they mentioned things like Rush, mm-hmm. uh, when they mentioned uh, things like uh, the tomb, tomb, of, tomb of Horrors. Joust. Yes, exactly. So I was like Horrors. Tomb of Horrors. I've played that. Yeah, I, you yeah. Know, and I mean, there are some yeah. deep cuts, and there are some really obvious. You know, yeah. I mean, dependent yeah. on so I and I so I knew where he was coming from. Yeah, and it was funny because I could really tell where the author and I diverged uh-huh. because my divergence was with music in the mid '80s to where I went more new wave right. uh, to to Depeche. Whereas he stayed more of the the metal and the, mm-hmm. and the video games and stuff, mm-hmm. you could I could see where we diverged in the mid eighties. Amazing. Um, so, but it's great, uh, and I'm really hoping to see that kind ended. of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a child. I'm willing, um, I'm willing to. It's going to be. A, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, and so we're all excited about and that. And so fun. this yeah. is a great way to celebrate it. In I think it's fantastic. We'll talk more uh, next week with uh, Stephen Tyler and others about the the kind of build into Ready Player One, but. Uh, we're gonna have to close it up right now. I, I just, what would you like to tell people to make sure they get to this thing on Monday? Guys, make make time Monday. I know it's only like two days away. I will personally, and I know it's a Monday. Okay. But seriously, how often are you gonna get a chance to see twofold? Joshua said it earlier to see a, a the final cut of Blade Runner on a big screen. That's a, first of all, that's that's never gonna happen. Bam, it happens bam. very rarely. And secondly. K.W. Jeter, a guy who knew Philip K. Dick. How many times are you going to have a chance to be able to talk with this guy and meet with this guy and hear his stories? I mean, these opportunities in in Oklahoma City, this is super rare. This is stuff that happens in like Chicago or New York. This is like stuff that we normies in Oklahoma City don't really get the opportunity to get, but now we are. We yeah. And be surrounded and by other people who appreciate it. I was going to say, and you're going to get to fellows. do it with all of your friends that are yes. into this yeah. too. Yeah. Which is so much love. Such so much love So much love and celebration. Property. And in the and beautiful Tower Theater. And, yes. and it's at yes. the Tower Theater, which is, of course, theater. an amazing... And, and for somebody who grew up in Oklahoma video. City in the 80s and 90s and watched that Tower Theater just kind of fall apart and the fact that it's back. Yeah. And it's great. It's so good. That's how it should be. So please, please, please... Again, one last time, Monday, March 5th, doors open at 6.30, show starts at 7, tickets are $10, the panel's go- the interview is going to take place around 9, 9.15, we really hope to see you all down there, it's going to be a great and time. there will definitely be a surprise. There will surprise. be surprise. surprises. Surprises. I'm, so. like fi- I'm like already puzzling out what the surprise, what the surprise oh. could Surprises be. are coming. Well, we'll find out in 72 hours. And lastly, of course, you can always keep up with all of our good stuff yes. uh, at thecinematropolis.com mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Twitter at the Cinematrop or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Cinematropolis. If you're listening today, I just posted some Oscar predictions for tomorrow's big ooh, show. Ooh. Uh, so that's a whole other conversation for look that up time, on my but, phone. Uh, Who's, right who's, who's going to win the big one? Uh, I my P- picture my, and director. My, my pick is uh, picture and director. I think are both going to go to the, the Guillermo del Toro's yeah. The Shape of Water. Cool. Uh, thank uh, yeah, you. Thank that's, you. I that's probably that's the realistic pick. I think it's I have, the most realistic. I have pick. my hopes and dreams. Shape I, of Water. And then I have. I know what I think so is going to. And I'm I'm happy with that too. I would I would my d- dream would be Shape of Water best picture a Jordan Peele yeah for yes. best director Conce- yeah. as the concession for best director. But it's not going to happen. But he is going to get screenplay though. I I I I I promise you Jordan. Peel's going to get best original screenplay. I would be baffled and shocked. And it's so it rare for oh, a, not for a director and picture to be split. It happened, it happened, it happened, happened, happened last often, year. But, but yeah. it didn't happen as, as often. Usually that goes yeah. to the same person. One of the things so. I have to give Shape of Water is they did so accurately with their signs. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I talked to my deaf friend about it. I was like, yeah, yeah. are they point on, on point? And he's like, yeah, they That's on awesome. point. That's and amazing. I was like, That's amazing. So it's very rare that they get sign language correct, and I'm just so happy. You That's makes awesome. me so happy. And Everything. The Cinematrop- and uh, Caleb, where's, what's your Twitter Oh, handle? my personal Twitter handle is at uh, C Masters Talk. That's letter C Masters Talk. Always tweeting about movies, video games. Uh, I'll be live tweeting the Oscars, I'm sure. Uh, all the good nerd stuff. Love talking. Sure. So follow me. Hit me up about any of your nerd stuff. I'd love to talk to you about it. Also talking with uh, b- about Batman the Animated Series with Joshua Unra right now. We've got a show that comes out every Monday. N- different episode of Batman the Animated Series. So Joshua and I tweet those out on the social medias. Alexander, where can people find Vic, you? You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Alex V. Brohannon. B-R-O-H-A-N-N-O-N. It's 
it's my last name, which is a bromanteau. Ha ha, jokes. Um, so, <laughs> you're sorry, it's it's just my thing. That um, was like a slow burn one. <laughs> right? Super good. So, it took me a minute. Anyway. Yeah, you're welcome. Hi, um, So, I here. also currently, in terms of podcasting, of course, I do write for the Cinematropolis kind of sort of on occasion, but I also do uh, a sub show on our Cinematic Schematic podcast all about film scores. And we did a show, like a very special episode, all about all the scores nominated for best original score it's 45 minutes of pure let's just talk about the oscar noms and what what made them great and then maybe you'll hear us uh bash john williams a little bit i don't know that guys the only that time in which you will ever hear me say nicer things about three billboards than i said about the last Jedi. the only time huh. ever yeah so oh, if ever. that if that tickles your little uh little fancy you should definitely tune into that show and uh yeah just keep it posted on uh the cinematropolis.com there we go and uh Gosh, that's you. It's we need to have you back more often. I know, okay, I'd love to be back. That's three years is that's too long. Too long. It that's is right. too long. So, okay. Ridiculous. And also, fangirl over the fact that I listen to you like every day on the radio, and then I'm in the same room with you, and I know, we're right? talking words, and I can hear you it's in my so yeah. It never gets it never gets old. I get to, I get to hear Michael talk every day, and I'm like, I get to podcast them sometimes. Yeah, right? it's so awesome. With a look at your with table, us, it's like he's my oh my god, it's all right, <laughs> right now. Here on yes, that is the Michael Cross to you. KOSU Radio. Yes. All right. Uh, give now. 855-808-5678. Okay. That's going to do it for our show. You can find us on our website, Okie Geek Podcast. Also on Okiegeek.com. Also on Twitter and Facebook, at Okie Geek Podcast. That's also the address for our Gmail account. Would love to hear from you. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And Devin, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? You can find me on the Twitterverse at Weva. That's Whiskey Unicorn Victor Victor Alpha. Nikki. You can find me on Twitter at Retro Robinson. And also hit me up on the Facebook page. Hey, Josh. Podcast. Josh, what's going on with you? You can find me on Twitter at Joshua <laughs> That's what's up. There you go. And uh, you Josh can find me at KOSU Michael C. <laughs> Be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Also rate us and leave a comment. The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, a bi-monthly anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Half Price Books, New World Comics, Speeding Bullet Comics, All-Star Comics, Amazing Action Comics, Loot and XP, Boarding House, Paseo Plunge, Museum of Osteology, and Commonplace Books, with more locations coming soon. You can find mo- out more at okiecomics.com. Until next time, along with Caleb and Alexandra, I'm Michael Cross. I'm Devin Green. I'm Nikki Robinson. And I'm Joshua Unruh. Reminding you to keep calm and geek on. <laughs>